All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Got a six-game NHL slate tonight. Got the two-gamer for baseball going on. Crazy day of baseball yesterday. High-scoring games, comebacks, playoff baseball in its best shape and form. Really looking forward to today's show. Got some good questions in the queue. If you don't have your questions in, get them in now. For those of you who are new, welcome. This is a show where we talk DFS strategy, how to use the SaberSim app and get the most out of it. If you're not a member of our Discord channel, there's a link in the description below. gives you access to the Office Hours channel where you can get your questions in before the stream. That way I could tackle them on stream. If you have a question that you haven't put in there yet, Always free to put it in the YouTube chat, and we will get to it when we get there. So that being said, everybody, really happy and uh, looking forward to more sports coming. Got NHL starting tonight, NBA less than one week away. Just just an awesome time right now. So let's get into the questions. Get your questions in. Don't see too many in the queue. Getting tired of these short streams. You know, I want to be on with you guys for – and now we're pushing it up up towards lock. So get your questions in. No complaints here ever. So that being said, we get Saberson up here. First question from Tis the Beast. Question is: If you have a lineup with a negative pitcher slash goalie, and you do a late swap build, does it automatically put lower owned players in that lineup, or try to catch up, or does it not take that into account? Thanks. So. Good question here, and what this is referring to, it sounds like, is late swap. So, you know, if we're playing the hockey slate tonight, for example, and let's see what time the game starts. So West Coast over here got some games kicking off at 4, then a little gap. We got some games kicking off at 6.30 and 7. So, you know, what he's asking is, if I have games that start at four and those games go really poorly and I decide that I want a late swap due to player news, due to trying to get an edge, something along those lines, will SaberSim understand that my lineups aren't doing good if that's in fact the case? So the, the answer to your question is no. SaberSim does not like pull in live scoring standings from... DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever it may be. So although it can understand like what scores you might have, it doesn't know how those scores are doing in relation to other lineups in the contests. It's a really cool and fun idea, something that we're like thinking about building into the app down the road. I think it would be an awesome feature. But for now, what I would say is like kind of do that manually, keep up with the standings, see how you're doing. If, if you're doing poorly and, you know, you're playing like a 20 max, 10 to 50K entrance and these are your slider settings and you're doing bad, like maybe you maybe you bump those settings up to try and find an outlier outcome where you can, you know, possibly gain some of those points back that the field doesn't have. Vice versa, if you're doing really good in your lineups, then you could probably don't need – this much sim diversity or ownership fade or correlation, you can get closer to playing some of the best plays. So 
in that instance, you know, you can bring these sliders down some and kind of mess with it like that. But that's how I would think about it for now. Got to do a little manual intervention. Got to keep an eye on the standings yourself. So hope I answered your question. Let me know if you have any follow-up. All right. Next question coming in from In It to Bink It and a hockey question. And the question is, how can I filter the NHL pool to not include fourth line players with the rules? So happy to show you how to do that in it's a bink it. And all you do is you come over here to lineup rules and well, I'm going to show you two ways to do it. I mean, the first and simplest way is to just sort by even strength line in the app. And then you'll see everybody who's on the fourth line. And you know, this, it, it really doesn't take, that long if you if you sit and you unclick you can okay so like just quick tip if you unclick the player doesn't go away right so it's annoying to kind of have to move your mouse down and and like be precise and check all the boxes if you hit this little eye where it says hide removed players now when you hit it that player will disappear and everyone in the columns will move up so then you just like sit here and just click these guys really quickly. And it goes a lot faster than like having to be precise and move your mouse down. So just like something to note there that could be like a little bit of a time saver, but you know, getting back to the question, if you want to do it in the rules, totally okay to do that. So uh, maybe I want to set a stacking rule, basic stack, stack at least three players minus a goalie must be on the same team. And what I will say is I can click this even strength line and I can uncheck the four. So as long as I uncheck the four, you're never going to get any players from that line. One thing I want to note is there is a bug right now where if you uncheck power play two and then you save this rule and then you come back, the two will pop back up. I am not a hundred percent sure if the, this is a cosmetic issue or if, the rule is uh, being honored or not, but just something to note, you're not going to get a lot of power play two line guys in your lineups. Anyways, they're just projected a lot lower and just not like great plays overall. So I wouldn't put too much thought into it. It's like something to think about when you're spot checking your lineups. So wouldn't be overly concerned with this, but just something I wanted to note. something that we're going to work on fixing. So anyways, and it's going to get, that's how you do that. couple different options. I think the hide, remove players is like a neat little feature that you could work in to save yourself a little time there. So, all righty. Moving on to a question from TBK in Discord. And the question is, by chance, can you go over the best strategy on how to approach a single NFL game slate on FanDuel? So TBK, happy to talk about it. Let's hover over to FanDuel, and we'll talk about the showdown slate coming up for tomorrow. feel like we've been getting quite a few FanDuel showdown questions, which kind of just tells me that people are playing it, so happy to talk about it. But, you know, I think, like, right off the bat, we're just going to run some lineups and kind of interpret what the builder is telling us we should be thinking about for this type of contest because it is different from like the DraftKings showdown contests. And so right off the bat, one thing I want to 
point out, you're going to see this a lot, is that you are most likely going to stack like like your MVP exposure is not going to be that weird because you get the 1.5x point multiplier, but you do not have to pay 1.5x salary. So there's no salary adjustment for the MVP player on FanDuel. You're just you're reaping the benefits of the multiplied points without having to pay the extra money. So there's no offset. So, you know, don't get too weird with your MVP exposure. I would say focus on flex exposures, focus on the like stack stack types, stack constructions, like who are you pairing with these MVPs is really like the way I would think about it. So un- unfortunately, like I haven't done a lot of research on the way that the line of constructions work for FanDuel because FanDuel doesn't allow you to download the player CSVs. So you can't really do like a lot of studying of winning lineups, which is unfortunate or like how winning players are like playing these lineups. But I would say like right off the bat, don't get too weird with your MVPs and instead focus on roster construction. So, you know, just looking at some of our lineups, we see we have Justin Fields paired with a pass catcher and a running back and his defense and the commander's defense, which is like pretty interesting to think like, okay, how, how do we have a game where Justin Fields is the optimal MVP and Washington D is in the winning lineup. And I, what I would say is like, you have to remember that all of these lineups are based on single SIM outcomes. So, you know, for these contests, we're using SIM diversity 10, pulling single game simulations, building your lineups based on that. Like this might be a game where Chicago does really good and Justin Fields has one pick six and that's all it takes for Washington D to be good. A pick six, a couple sacks, like who knows? So I'd say like sometimes, especially in FanDuel, because there's less players in the lineup, five players total compared to six at DraftKings without that salary uh, multiplier to make the salary construction a little tougher. Like sometimes the weirder the lineup looks, the better it is almost because nobody else is like less people are going to want to play that construction. And you should feel comfortable knowing that these lineups are based on single SIM uh, outcomes. And they're also ranked by Sabre score and Sabre score is taking into account the optimal rate of these lineups in the Sims that it's pulling. So, you know, all of these lineups are being ranked by Sabre score, which is our metric when correlation ownership and sim diversity all together and giving you what we think are a, what we think is a better way of ranking lineups. That is not projected score. That is not some ownership. So as far as like FanDuel showdown, those are my thoughts, you know, look at your lineups, try and understand, try and come up with a game script that makes sense. That, looks a little off, but you know, these lineups are still very, very good using a lot of salary and hopefully can help you take down a showdown. So those are my thoughts there. All right. Moving on to another question from in it to bink it. And this one is talking about all of the awesome updates we've been doing. So I'm happy to 
talk about this. All right. Question is, I'm also seeing lots of updates around Max Own in a lineup, Max Own product, etc. I thought ownership fade took care of this. And, you know, Shady Advice commented on this. I'm going to read his comment. I'm going to add my own thoughts. So this, Shady said, this is mostly a case of people were asking for it, so the option was added, rather than using it being best practices. What I want to say is that, you know, we're always trying to build new things into the app, allow people to do more within SaberSim that they weren't able to do before. I'll say that, you know, what we're referring to, like these aggregate lineup rules where you can add something like my own, you could use, you know, some product geo mean of an, of an entire lineup and it'll calculate that for you and rank your lineups or like give you lineups with those metrics included. So you're correct in, in what you're saying that ownership fade does account for these things. I will say that, you know, these are like, what we're doing is we're introducing more advanced concepts that are known in the industry. And some of them are like experimental. Some of them are like really blunt. Not all of them are proven to be like good for like, like there's not like a direct correlation to like these being winning lineups. Like I can't say for certain, like, Oh yeah. Like a geo mean under 20 is like always positive V like that's not, that's not true, but it could be true. And it is sometimes true. And so what we want to do is like allow for these things to be put in place by users who want that extra level of control to ownership in their lineups, to projected points in their lineups. I mean, you could build an aggregate rule based on all of these different stats in here, uh, based on point per dollar, based on salary. Uh, we could build things like rushing yards. Like who knows? I, I haven't even thought of all the ways to use these, but that doesn't mean like our users aren't thinking of those ways or finding new innovative ways to use these stats in their lineups to build new things and create new ideas. So we just kind of want SaberSam to be like a home for innovation and for people to try new things, people to be able to experiment and use and create advanced concepts. It's something you have to do at all. You're right in when you say like ownership fade is accounting for ownership and it is taking these things into account. But these are just like, this is like leveling up in a way you're trying, people like trying to level up their DFS process. And so don't think of it as like something that's like totally necessary. You have to do it best practice. Like Shady said, it's not that, but it's just an extra step of control that we want to allow people to have. So that's the best way to think about it in it to mink it. And I don't think that you're wrong in not wanting to use it, especially if you don't understand the concepts, I would say, you know, if you're interested in them, learn more about them before trying to implement them. So that's where I, I fall on the topic. If you guys have any follow-up, throw it in the chat and we can keep talking about it more. All right. Moving over to YouTube chat. 
that is all of our questions in Discord. So you know it is at this time where I have to tell you guys to keep the questions coming so we can keep the stream rolling. So question here from Rogue3. And the question is, what is the difference with the checkbox for must be on the same EV slash power play? What happens when you leave it unchecked? All right, good question. Let's find out. So going over to NHL, flip to DraftKings. And we're going to go back to these lineup rules. So we're just going to create a new rule. So stack at least, okay, basic stack rule, at least three players. So what we're saying is that when we use this must be on the same, we're telling the builder that we basically want a stack from within a given team so you can use this like a couple different ways so if you use like must be on the same even strength line then it's gonna you know match team and even strength line and those are going to be what it bases your stacks off of if you use power play line it's going to match team and power play and then stack based off those requirements if you do either or it's going to look at like even strength plus team or power pl power play plus team. And then if you look at, you know, EV and power play line, it's going to look at all three and they all, all must match. So it's just like more conditions you're giving to the builder to use. I'd say if you were to uncheck this, what I assume would happen is that, you know, you're saying you must use at least three players on any of these teams and, that's really interesting. Okay. I'm just going to assume that it's going to go like either or. I'll get some clarification on this. But I, I, what if you uncheck this, all it's looking at is stack at least three players on primary team. And then these are all your eligible teams. So it's basically saying, I need a stack that includes three players from these three positions. And the only requirement is that they're on the same team. So they can be three players on three different even strength lines. They could be three players on different power play lines. So you're like, you're missing the line correlation when you uncheck the box. If you check the box, now you're taking into account either the even strength line, the power play line, or both. If you leave it unchecked, you might get one player on the even strength line one, one player on even strength line two one player on even strength even strength line three and that will technically meet the requirements of the stack so i would encourage you to check this and then determine what extra condition you want to give it for other you want it to be an and an or or just one so that's that's the difference between checking and unchecking is that that extra layer of line correlation so unchecked no line correlation checked line correlation it's the best way to think about it all right question from unknown you think you could go over the sliders real quick still a little off on what the sliders do and the best defaults for them okay really quickly unknown before i get to this question there was some follow-up from rogue three so i don't want to change topics too quickly rogue said if I left it unchecked and then only selected power play one and power play two, 
would it just force the pool to condense down to players that are assigned to either power play one slash two? That's how I'm reading it, and it's confusing. Okay, Rogue. So if you were to leave this unchecked and then you were to turn off your even strength, and only leave power play one and two checked, what it could do is it could give you two players from power play one or two, and then one player from the opposite line. So that's what it would do unchecked. If you leave it checked, then it'll either give you, and then we're going to uncheck, we're just going to say power play line, so then now what you're saying is like, I want three players from power play line one or power play line two. And then like, these are, these are technically different. So you would either get like three on one or three on two. So I think best practice is like to check this and then figure out if you want only one line, one or the other, or both and go from there. So that's how I would think about it. Let me know if you have any more follow-up. But I, I think checking this is probably best practice and then leaving these checked. So let me know if there's any follow-up there. But going back to Unknown's question, you think you can go over the sliders real quick? Still a little off on what the sliders do and the best defaults for them. So, yes, totally happy to go over the sliders. So we have correlation. Correlation Okay, so we'll back up. We run simulations for every game, and we have thousands and thousands of sims for each game. So if you click on a player, these are their range of outcomes in the simulations. As we can see, Max Jones scores zero points 28% of the time, and then in 1% of sims, he scores like 20, 20 plus. What you can also see is that when Max Jones does good, he has a positive correlation with Frank Vetrano. So these are correlations that we found within our Sims uh, between players. So this is what's being taken into account by the correlation slider is those player-to-player -player correlations. And sometimes you could have correlations positive correlations to players on the opposite side of it on the opposite team within within your team you could have negative correlations so all of those things are taken into account via the correlation slider ownership fade is we are looking at the ownership of a given player compared to the ownership of other players at their position and taking that into account when building your lineups and then sim diversity is think about it as like how diverse your lineups are from each other and like the number of players in your player pool. So like if you have a lower sim diversity, your lineups are going to be less diverse and you'll have usually less players in your player pool in step three and the lineups, your exposures will probably be, probably be a little higher to certain players. 
if you move your sim diversity to the right, which is on eight, it's considered high. Your lineups are going to be more diverse. You're going to have more players in your player pool more often than not. And the lineups are going to be less correlated to one another, which in turn will probably bring your exposures to particular players down across the board. So that's like a quick breakdown of the sliders. All three sliders work together to give you good lineups, you know, for this part of what are the best defaults for them. What you see in the app are the best defaults. We back test our sliders based on previous contests and run them at every single slider combination setting and find the best sliders for the given style entry limit and number of entrants in a contest. So I think that you could be very comfortable knowing that we test these settings and put them at the best settings for you. If we thought there was a better setting for them, they would be there automatically. So the slider settings, I don't think are the best place for you to put in extra value. I think you could do that a lot more by managing your risk in step three and adding value elsewhere. So that's my spiel on the sliders. Happy to talk about it more if you have any more questions. So, all right. Uh, Unknown said I could use football as an example. Really like the sliders are kind of work the same way across the board. Don't really work different for NHL versus NFL. The sliders in and of themselves are doing the same things sport to sport. So little follow-up here. Uh, Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking from reading the info on them. Just wanted another opinion. Ah, so they will change if you change number of entries, et cetera. Yes, so as you put in what contest you're playing for, you know, maybe I'm playing like a three max and it's 100 to 1,000, you know, these will change as opposed to a three max that is 10 to 50,000. So, you know, the sliders move in accordance with, the back testing we've done for those type of contests. So just know that like the sliders are pretty much always in a good spot. That's a, that's the best that's the best advice I could give you there. All right, moving back to Discord, I see one more question and no more questions beyond that. Happy to keep chatting, keep the questions coming everybody. All right, question from Trouble5 and the question is Thoughts on tonight's pitchers with the delay that never ends. The 435 Classic is still on the move. So I did see that the Atlanta-Philly game did get delayed, but I don't know this for sure, but are you saying that the pitchers are still – like like I could remove – Who's starting? I could remove Zach Wheeler and Kyle Wright from my lineup at the moment. Is that what you're saying, Trouble? Because if if that's the case, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know how subjective we want to get, but you know, I'll, like a little background on me. Like I used to work for a Division One baseball team, and <laughs> I could tell you you know, guys getting off a routine can be like pretty 
detrimental to how they just confidence level sometimes, how they feel, you know, sitting around, not going through their normal routine, or they already went through their routine and now they're going to have to do it again. So I know like those type of things can like mess with some pitchers. These are, these are guys at, at the highest level. So things like that shouldn't bother them. I think I remember listening to Adam Wainwright talk about it and you know, he said something along the lines of a routine is great until it becomes superstition. If you have to do your routine to do good, then you're doing something wrong. And I think that's probably the mentality of a lot of these pitchers at the highest level. Uh, you know, like D1 is like a good level, but you know, there's so many levels in between till you make it to the big leagues. It takes like a uh strong-minded, strong-willed type of person to like make it all the way to the top and be successful and be a playoff starter. So it's it's hard for me to put too much weight into that. Uh I I would I, I don't know how you would measure that or or quantify it. If if that's like, you know, something you know about intuitively, something you want to take a risk on, then I don't I don't see anything wrong with that, especially on a two-game slate. You got to get different somewhere, but uh, you know th- that those are my thoughts on it. I I can't say too much beyond that. I I really don't know how or if I would attempt to to change anybody there. So let me know. Let me know if you want any more. Uh, got any more comments on that? Anybody? So happy to happy to talk about it. All right. Question from Daniel. What about contests with odd number of entries, like 17 or something that isn't a single entry, 3 max, 20 max, or 150 max? What settings work best? And Daniel, what I would say is, you know, you could do like one of two things. So if I'm playing uh, 3 max and it's 1 to 10K entries, or let's say I have like a, like a 5 max contest. So... Okay, I go, I see what three max is, you know, one five eight, and then I go see what twenty max is at the same uh two six eight. So we went from one five eight to two six eight. You could either one try and find like a happy medium between the two slider settings. What I personally like to do is just take the slider settings from the higher contest and use those not going to be a big difference in your lineups small adjustments being made here wouldn't overthink it too much but i think either one of those two options is fine i would typically lean toward the higher side just because usually you're how do i say it what it takes to win uh 20 max it's usually like more points than it takes to win a three max. So I would always kind of lean on the higher side toward those uh, possibly like higher ceiling lineups in a sense. So those are my thoughts. I had a question here from or comment from unknown Daniel. I think you would go manual at that point and create your own lineups off the Saberson projections. Um, Yeah, I I would definitely stick closer to what, what we just talked about with either 
trying to find a happy medium or just leaning on the higher side for so for 17 i'd probably use something closer to 20 because it's closer i'd probably use the 20 because it's closer to 20 than it is to three in that scenario but that being said everybody that is the last question in the chat if you guys want to talk about anything more i am here to talk with you guys uh you know getting a little weird talking about uh pitcher routines on a uh rain delay so you know we could talk about anything you guys want answer some hockey questions answer some showdown questions answer some baseball questions within a week we'll be answering basketball questions you know got four major sports going all at once really exciting time to uh, be playing dfs so comment here from daniel also i love saberson but across multiple sports i'm struggling breaking even or profiting within contests any advice on the ups and downs of fantasy thanks for your advice so daniel what i am going to point you to let me just pull it up really quickly is our dfs profit plan if you are not familiar with it i would highly recommend checking this out it's been a great resource for a lot of people including myself you know sabersim went and did a lot of research and ran simulations and spent time trying to figure out you know what are the best portfolio of lineups to play and to recommend to people so let me just pull this up really quickly so if you go to our youtube channel and you go to home all right you should see it now you go new here start here first this start winning more with our dfs profit plan jordan breaks down the research that our models team did in their contest simulations and just trying to find the best mix and portfolio of contests to play along with lineup type to try and smooth out your variance over time. I will say that any night that you break even, you're you're winning technically because the rake is like 15%. So if you're winning, if you're breaking even, you know, you're beating the 15% rake, which is pretty good in and of itself. So I would highly recommend checking out the DFS profit plan. 17 minute video i've used it religiously since it came out three months ago it's done a lot of great things for me it's done a lot of good things for other people in the community that i've talked to about it so start here check this out if you have any questions about it come back and ask some more questions tomorrow so we will be right back tomorrow for our regular dfs office hours but that being said everybody not seeing any more questions i'll let you guys get to building lineups tonight for nhl if you guys have any questions the team is always around in discord if you're having issues drop it in support if you have questions you want to get talked about on tomorrow's stream drop them in the office hours channel if you're not in the discord link in the description below if you're new here and you want to give saber sim a shot for the first time you have a we have offer a seven day no strings attached free trial also a link below so check that out unknown commented i just hope to win enough to keep playing till that big win comes I'll, it'll happen if you play your budget right that's 100 true bankroll management is the number one thing because you can't play if you go broke so that being said guys i'll see you later and take care